This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film, life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest in New Zealand this time. She is now landed, and it is Britt Clark. She is joining me again. Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well, despite uh, the current climate. (laughs) (laughs) The Omnicron, the Omnicron. Um, uh, it's, it's yeah. you know, the, the thing that I think back is when, you know, when we recorded, uh, was it March or April or somewhere like that, mm. and you were still in Canada, and then suddenly, like, you're in New Zealand, mm. and my God, what a feat to get over there, right? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, someone's just started, someone's just started hammering upstairs, so that'll be really fun. Hopefully, they <laughs> um, hopefully you got some great sound removal software that you can fucking pop on top I of. I do. Great. Okay, good. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what's happened. I blinked, and now I exist in New Zealand, um, and we are coming out of our lockdown, and I don't, uh, time doesn't exist anymore, is sort of where I Matt, I don't know about you. Oh my, yeah, I feel, I feel like it's the, I feel like it's the same, the same here. It's like, um, but you know, like I blinked and then suddenly four months of lockdown and then suddenly it's like November. I'm like, shit, Mm. I've got so much to do in the space of a month. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, did it feel automatic when you came back to New Zealand? Like, did it feel? (sighs) It was weird because obviously we were in a hotel for like two weeks, which was, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, and then we kind of came out of that and I sort of got straight back into working. But yeah. at the same time, I don't think I ever let myself uh, decompress at any point. And then we had like, uh, I think it was two and a half months, maybe th- three months. And then I was out in the city. It was like, I was, it was like a sunny day. I was out in Auckland city. Um, you know, walking around, I think I went to like the, one of the bookstores and I picked something up and then I got home and I remember pulling my phone out. Um, and they had just announced that Delta was like in New Zealand, which it hadn't been to that stage. Um, and then, yeah, that night we went into a lockdown and it's been since, uh, has it been almost three and a half months now? I think. Yeah. Um, so I spent as long as I have spent in lockdown is how much I got to spend in new zealand so real i mean like outside free that kind of thing yeah that's Um, that's insane oh god (laughs) i'm done (laughs) (laughs) you're like fuck this uh throwback to uh being on the podcast and being really optimistic (laughs) about um coming home and you know what fucking who cares i'm i just you know i took up roller skating i'm trying to find hobbies and at this point i'm just uh, pretending that like, i'm compartmentalizing and pretending that nothing's happening uh, you know which what is I, the best way to handle things obviously you know what the thing though is like everyone i know is doing roller skating at the moment and i like i think like derby and stuff is like fucking unreal mm. you know the fact that you're you're taking it up i'm just like kudos because yeah. like it suits you thank you <laughs> I am, um, I've like skied and, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, in terms of team sports, I'm terrible. I've done like a lot of like solo sports before. So I feel like roller skating, like skiing, horse riding, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those sports where you can be alone Yeah, <laughs> are my kind of favorite. But yeah, I picked a pair up and, um, it, you know, it's pretty, it comes back to you if you ever did it as a kid or anything like that or ice skated. Generally, it kind of comes back pretty fast. So That's it's great. Fun. Yeah. And like, you know, you're you're one of the cool kids then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm only doing it for the pure like 70s nostalgia. <laughs> I wasn't alive in the 70s, but like it's giving 70s nostalgia and I'm yeah, that's the yeah. reason that I'm doing it. If anyone yeah. wants to know like Britain my like Iran about years that we were born, we were born in the 90s and we are yeah. not 70s kids. No, not at all. But I'm trying to live my best 70s life yeah. through, um, through um, quad skating. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it, it, like the funny thing also is, like, you've you've gone back to doing, like, the podcast, which never seemed to stop yeah. for you. Yeah. And, and now you're probably doing it in lockdown again. Yeah, God. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we, – we've never recorded an episode in person, which I think is a feat to our ability to make it seem like we're in the same room, which is cool. Uh, and we, I, we've checked out a couple of spaces, um, for recording podcasts in person and having like a vi- video element to them. Mm. Um, and they are really cool, but I also don't really, I feel like we're kind of in a rhythm right now. Yeah. Um, so one day I think maybe we'd do an in-person thing sort of, you know, down the vein that you've gone down where you're able to record in person with people. Oh, um, like, <laughs> it's like I had about, uh, four four or five that I had to do during lockdown mm. and I yeah like it's nuts when it goes into lockdown like your brain just goes okay and there's much more editing there's a lot more like oh yeah a removing of silence and and stuff like that so mm. um but I think yeah it's it's fun I would love to do a filmed one one day like yeah have a a filmed podcast session um, so I could post on YouTube. I think that would be super duper wicked because mm. like, I don't know, I just don't bother with like, I think Zoom doesn't look that great. Some people on TikTok have kind of gotten into the short clip version of that. Like they take the highlights of their recorded sessions and use it yeah. as like a marketing strategy, which I think is kind of smart because people engage that way for sure. But I, to be honest, the only way that I think it would be fun is if it was like a live stream and you were live streaming. Oh my god, yes. I feel like that would be quite fun. And then you could, you know, have viewers message yeah, in. Yeah, questions and stuff. Yeah, totally. I feel like that's cool. I like that kind of stuff. That would be really cool for a charity or something as well. Like, Oh, yeah. If, if you know, like, if either of our podcasts get a charity event, mm. we should totally do that where we just get people calling in. Like. Yeah. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I've done I've done something like that. I did the uh, the gold telethon in Sydney oh. when I was working on Doctor. I've done it twice and it's honestly the most intimidating but fun experience. Like you just get, you're on live TV, you're on the phones, you're getting people from all over Australia um, call up and give you their card details to yeah. donate to charity. Um, and it was always really funny because they are, they're usually calling because they hope that they'll get through to someone who's like, you know, one of the big network anchors or something that's working the phones or a sports star or something. Um, and I just remember getting people being like calling up and asking to speak to specific people and sort of being disappointed that they got on the phone with me, which I get, <laughs> they had no idea who I was at the time. Like the first time I did it, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't, my character hadn't even been in an epi- episode yet. So my episodes hadn't come out. So they were like, who is this? Um, who's this? Yeah. Who's this unknown? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just like, oh God, just taking someone like Donna's, uh, from, I don't know, like someone in South Australia taking her like information and putting your donations into the into the system and whatever but yeah live tv questions a lot of stuff it's crazy it's a crazy experience i think it's also like um you know i can imagine like a panel show like a panel show you know what would be good like one of my friends suggested uh 
what what would I do if I had a panel show for the Things We Do podcast? And I was like, I don't know. I would probably just have like three guests and talk shit with them about like, mm. it, the problem is it probably couldn't be televised because it'd be mostly like very biased to television yeah. and film. It's like a, they're talking like comedy panels, right? Like, yeah. You bring like a hot take or something to the to mm. the night. Is that sort of or pro- you give them like prompts and they have to like spill a hot take or something? Oh, like that would be fun. Yeah, I like I I imagine I, I see. I always love like shows like the Graham Norton show. So mm. I just imagine if I did a hosting thing, it mm. would be just to muck around with people. Yeah, Graham Norton's got to be one of the best talk show hosts. I think maybe the best. Yeah, he's just such a joy to watch, and like everyone's so comfortable on his show. Yeah, like, you know what I mean. Yeah, compare th- compare. Yeah, yeah. I think it's also like he's he's very down to earth and I think he just he's able to just go yeah that's you know like talk frank with mm. you like mm. um but ask you questions he's and he brings up kind of embarrassing stories mm. so he you know people feel comfortable suddenly they're like oh god that was terribly embarrassing why did you bring this up <laughs> and then but they kind of forget that they're in front of an audience for like about five minutes and then they realize once the audience claps and like, oh, right, oh, actually in front of a live audience. Whoops, I told everyone about that wonderful story. <laughs> um, but also, can I just say congratulations on uh, your shits, um, the shit that scares us getting like an award. Oh, thank you. That It's a Paranormal Podcast Award. Yeah, that was really cool. It's It was a... Um, it was uh, definitely a cool surprise. And we did, uh, you know, it was like a voter's choice thing, I think. Um, so we were just kind of pushing that link <laughs> quite a bit. Um, but yeah, it feels really nice. And considering we've kind of had to do everything online and we're just like, we were really in- we're sort of insecure about that element, but we're just having to push past it. And so that felt really nice. Yeah. I think uh, we weren't really expecting it because we don't, you know, we like to take things kind of light and breezy and, um, and to, it'd be a little bit more relaxed now than when we initially started because we were very much into like heavy historical stuff when we first started. Mm. Uh, and when I say first started, I mean when Vic joined. Um, but now we're kind of finding there's like a lot of fun and spontaneity and finding sort of uh, shorter stories and sharing people's like real quote unquote experiences um and there's a lot of guesswork involved and i feel like the audience gets to be like is that real is it not um and it's a lot easier for us having to read other people's stuff um so yeah yeah, it's been good it's it's been a nice change (laughs) yeah a lot of the heavy lifting we were doing earlier on like (laughs) yeah and it it seems to i've listened to like listen to majority of the old episodes and i listened to some of the Mm. new ones Mm. And yeah, you can tell like when you two were very in flow with stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, like, um, I even think that you sound much more happy with the yeah the process of everything. Because yeah. <laughs> remember when I used to talk to you about it, you were just like, "Oh God, yeah. I have to edit so much, and I stress about it." And I was like, "It sounds like it's just kind of like, is it still that level of stress though? No, Do you still sit there and just not at all? Like now, I kind of go through, and it's just uh, it's pretty easy because we've figured out, you know, what it is." to work together and we figured out what we both need and individually to get good um to get a good flow on Mm. and i think that just comes with time really yeah um and 
also we've kind of adjusted our content. Like before, I'm a real big historical nut. Like I like to look into the the history. You know, we've done some cool episodes, like the history of, um, you know, like vampires and, and stuff like that. And I like that historical stuff, but it's also kind of overwhelming if you're not into it. And so yeah. Vic, while she's into it, she is into it. Uh, she would prefer to read something and enjoy some content that's maybe a little more um less uh, cerebral and more like uh the story is giving you like a, a creepy feeling yeah or what you're investigating is you know we're not we don't have hard facts but it's kind of you know something that's so the imagination is given a massive part and a massive yeah. element in in doing the work um whereas i could just like waffle on about uh, research <laughs> stuff for like hours and i don't know if that's really that interesting for everybody but uh, so yeah, I think I think it's easy. I, th- I think the thing is, I, I I'd be lying if I didn't find the history very interesting. And, um, <laughs> like I'm a big geek for like looking up weird historical facts. Like yeah, uh, I was one of those kids who looked up um, facts about murderers and serial killers, and I just I have yeah. books on like crime. Yeah crime stuff yeah. and i remember like i did a whole bunch of research into one of my favorite serial killers uh, like you know just top range weirdest person out there hh H. holmes yeah and he built a chicago murder castle <laughs> like oh was... that's that guy that had all like the weird traps yes and stuff in it, right? he's like yeah, the guy yeah, they, yeah. They, he's the guy that they i think they based jigsaw off like right. you know, they were influenced by his weird, you know, like um that and the Winchester House, like yeah, Winchester House is a classic one. Yeah, yeah, it's oh man, but it's like you know that whole principle that doors lead to nowhere, like they lead to sheer drops, mm. you know, to shoots and mm. stuff. And I'm like, this guy murdered his business partner just to make yeah. It's like well, there's just something so fascinating about the human br- like psyche in that because it's so usually we're super interested in that kind of stuff because we just can't understand how it exists and so we get so fascinated with it and also the i think that the scared uh lizard brain part of us is like oh like know as much as you can so you can be prepared do you know what i mean yeah it's it's a hundred percent it's like um there there is one podcast i do listen to which is called um morbid true crime Mm -hmm. and every time they talk about true crime it's like the one of them is a mortician and she talks in depth about what's happened to some of the victims. Oh god. And it's really it's really quite confronting sometimes. I have to, I've had to pause it like I've had to be like okay. Yeah. compartmentalize that. That's really awful. But yeah. I think it is interesting because they both reflect on it. Like they're related both are hosts and they just go the other one's a hairdresser and they just sit next to each other and they go that's fucked. Like yeah. that is absolutely fucked. And some of the stuff that you know you hear that these killers have said or how they brought up, or some some of them come from uh, like happy families, uh, you know, with, yeah. you know, and then others just come from completely deranged families, and you're like, yeah, it's really yin and like you just don't know, yeah, like you don't know where how someone's going to turn into, and I think like the thing is, it's more it's more trackable now, yeah, than it was back then, but you know, in the seventies and sixties and like even the eighties. It was because there was just no regulation in America with mental totally. health. So it's like they call good. it what the golden age of serial killers. The yeah, they really do. Um, insane. And it, unfortunately, just uh, most of the victims were uh, women. Mm. So it was just mm. uh, a kind of a scary thing. But if anyone wants to watch a really good uh, murder mystery show, watch Des. Um, with David Tennant. Oh, David Tennant and anything is great. Um, David Tennant, De- it's called Des, and it's a three-part crime mm. story about this um, Desmond 
uh, Niles, I believe his name was, and he was a Scottish um, serial killer. And they didn't discover it until they found uh, body remains in the sewage. And then they went and knocked on his house and went, hello, can we inspect your house? And then they found out that he had been keeping bodies up there. Oh, my God. uh, And it was like I think he had killed like 17 young men. Oh, yuck. He's, I just can't. Um, but he just, when you hear about him, you see the way he talks, he was such a nihil- um, nihilistic person. He wanted to be famous for it. Yeah. He, yeah. The moment he got caught, he was like, yeah, I'm going to turn this into I'm a famous person. And that, and the reason they didn't make it until after, um, till last year was because he was still alive. They didn't want to make it w- and give him like the victory. Their satisfaction. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It's like that level of just that fucked up he was yeah um, people have been obsessed with the concept of like evil and human beings forever mm. like we we're so focused on like knowing whether true evil exists like we're you know people i mean you see it in all like the super like religious persecution and stuff people are so afraid of the of what they understand to be evil that they'll they literally forgo like their own humanity for something that yeah doesn't necessarily exist and then when you actually see it like you're, it's just people always wanting to see it, right? And you can see it in those people, those kinds of guys. Like, it's just, it's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. I, and also talking about fucked up Christmas time. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, I can tell you some stories about, there's a real fucked up, there's like a super fucked up uh, Swiss legend about uh, like a racist Santa that's that's super fucked up. Yeah, you want to tell um, me about that? I know about this. I- <laughs> well, well, I know that when I was... Um, when I was living over there, they had this, this, uh, they had, I think it was, um, I forget, forget what his name was, uh, but it was super inappropriate. And they had like a sort of a, when I lived in Switzerland, they had a story about Santa who would come and steal children if they hadn't been good. Um, and I know that they did blackface to represent that Santa. Um, so super, super fucked up, um, and really inappropriate. Um, so there's another, there's a, how this last conversation ties into Christmas in some sort of way, which is what we're actually supposed to be talking about, right? Christmas. Yeah, I know. We're, we're going <laughs> to... We got to Christmas eventually, but I also love that. Uh, I think his name was uh, Schwarzer Pete, oh, I think was his name. I think name. they called him Schmutzli Schmut- or something like that, yeah. which I think is... Um, I, I got a horrific story to actually catapult that is It's Christmas one as well. We had a Christmas dinner like a few years back, and... Someone, uh, one of my friends, uh, who I'm no longer friends with, obviously, for various reasons, and this is one strong yeah. one, came as that character, like completely in blackface. Oh my God. And his reasoning was it wasn't racist because he was Eurasian. So his excuse was, I'm Eurasian, so it doesn't matter. And it's just like, Ooh. that's not, a, it's still inappropriate. It doesn't matter what Ooh. like <laughs> ethnicity you are, that's still 100% inappropriate. Oof. People that, people that like, yeah, mm, oof. You're not yeah. that guy, pal. Like- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, and it's, it's such a, like, yeah, it's a very ugly, ugly, um, yeah. like, yeah. The, the, the history around that is fucked up. Mm. Um. But no, like Christmas time, I always consider like a weird time. Mm. It's like you know, you've got you've got you know commercialism, and then you've mm. got 
family. Yeah. Like, where does Christmas sit for you? Where, where is it set, um, set for young Brit at, all the way into your 20s? Uh, honestly, there's not a real focus on, uh, which I think is good, like, anymore at least in my family, in terms of present giving or gift giving or anything like that. Um, and I'm not sure if that's just because we've gotten older, uh, but I do remember getting, like, so, like stockings and stuff when I was younger. We're not a like I have a distant uh, Catholic ties on my mum's side, but that being said, we're not religious people. Um, uh, if anything, we're more like I don't want to say esoteric on um, my dad's side, but uh, we're definitely more we're less religious, and there is no sort of we've never really been the kind of family to attend like mass or anything like that. Um, and yeah, so there's no religion or anything like that associated with Christmas for us. Um, we get like, I remember getting gifts and stuff when I was younger, um, when I believed in Santa. <laughs> um, and then after that date, it was more of like uh, the gifts that we would spend time together and the gifts that we would get would be useful gifts, whether it's something that you needed for like uh, school or something that you needed yeah. for, you know, um, like, a, you know, if you had uh, fees from being in university or whatever, like, yeah, uh, yeah people yeah. would kind of pull money there and put it towards that kind of stuff. So we're n- we've never really been a very commercial family. If anything, there's a focus on food for us, <laughs> like a real focus on food. Like, it's always what are we eating? What people what are people bringing to eat? Because um, have you got a large family? Uh, I've got. Uh, yeah, I would say I've got a large family and we're kind of split. Um, so. Uh, I have, you know, two sets of grandparents that uh, we would go and see and I have, um, my parents are not together, so separated uh, parents. And then I have siblings from, um, half siblings, technically you would call them, but I just refer to them as like siblings. Um, And so we have kind of a really split family, um, Mm. which is not, not in a negative way, but it just means that we have to jump around groups quite a lot. So we would spend time kind of traveling up and down to see people. Um, maybe a couple of weeks after Christmas or, you know, before Christmas. And it's kind of the whole month of December really is sort of spent divvying up time between different people. <laughs> it's so yeah. weird, isn't it? Like mm. it's I my, like part of my family living in Canberra and it's like my mum's sister and her kids. Um, since COVID, we've seen, I've seen my aunt, like not since the beginning of COVID mm. in 20, uh, 2020. So I really, I have no idea. Like I've spoken to her, but I haven't really seen her. Yeah. And so it'll be nice to maybe see her next year. Maybe. Yeah. That's the word that a lot of people are using right now. Yeah. It's, it's so uncertain. Um, but mm. everything's a maybe. And I just think like, I luckily saw my cousins and, um, like my, my cousin, Alison and her kids. And like, I'm probably going to go up if I can in Can- to Canberra and visit them because they're like 11 and like eight. So, yeah. you know, they're getting, they're getting older, the kids, and I want to make sure I'm there yeah. present for their, like, at least. Um, core but memories. It, yeah, their core <laughs> memories because the, the youngest doesn't remember who I am. Yeah. Except for the, when he met me when he was eight. Yeah. Because I remember like, you know, as a baby holding him in my arms and it's like that comprehension that he's like oh nice to meet you and it's like i've known you since you were little like this isn't the first time i'm meeting you yeah but that, yeah kids have no comprehension of 
time before four. No, they don't. They're like, if you weren't here, too bad. My memories are formed and you're not in them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reject this. I reject this. I think my favorite, though, conversation was uh, with Imogen when she was five years old and uh, she was like, she was like, you're my best friend. And I was like, oh, and I was like, she was like, I've known you for a whole year. And I was like, honey, I've known you for like five years. And her mind was blown. (laughs) It was like, what? I love that. She's like, time? I've only been able to like contextualize my feelings with speech in the last however long, but I existed? Like, yeah, kids are fucking trippers, eh? (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. But um, yeah, I like Christmas. Christmas from like the my side of the family has always been like nowadays, I think, because, you know, I'm about to be in my 30s. It's sort of like I've gotten less interested in gifts because I'm able to get things that I need myself. Yeah. Unless it's like I'm moving, in which case a moving gift is always welcome. Like, yeah, for if, sure. If, if I'm missing an item of like cooking mm. uh, something. So it's like, give me a give me an item. But um, yeah, never. Like, I'm more interested in like mo- having savings and money. Yeah. Than yeah. I am. And, and spending time with family. I don't know if that makes. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Yeah, I feel like it's that. Or an experience. Like, if, yeah. you're, if you're planning to do something with your family, you know, like, you guys have something planned or whatever around the holiday period, like, um, or even after. If they're like, let's organize this thing. You're there to see people more than you are yeah. to do you, see, do you, <laughs> get belongings, right? Do you think this makes us, though, like, not connect with our generation? Because our generation in particular is very consumer-heavy. Yeah. But you know what? I think I'm consumer-heavy. I, like... I think that I buy a lot of shit that I don't need for myself by myself, but I would never want to put that pressure on somebody else, mostly because I know that they will get the gift wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Um, But also because I don't want people to spend money on me when I literally like don't need anything, you know, because I know that I'm just going to buy stuff for myself when I need it. Like, so I think it's that understanding that, you know, like, not everybody you know like resources are sort of precious and you Mm. you shouldn't like feeling guilty about getting people to buy you things maybe um maybe that's what it is for me at least but yeah i wouldn't say that i'm not focused on i wouldn't lie and say that i'm not a consumer because i definitely (laughs) am but that being said what i consume is so different to what it used to be like now i buy you know like books (laughs) i don't know and like games um yeah or like content, like I buy a lot of content to consume yeah. that I don't buy, like, uh, I don't know, whether it's like clothes or, yeah, you know, shoes you, and I don't know what else people buy. <laughs> I, 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 it, the funny thing is like all I notice about your social <laughs> Ah, that how much you, how many books you bought? Oh, it's terrible! It's fa- terrible! I need to fa- stop. <laughs> it's the rom- I romanticize <gasps> reading so much, and then I'll like I'll be like realistically, my brain doesn't go so fast like i don't like to back to back to back books because my brain is like i need time to live in a world yeah but then i'll buy back to back books and i'm like this is just because i'm romanticizing the concept of reading like that's all it is like i just want to be cool (laughs) 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 and feel like i've bought all this stuff and and, yeah but i you know you know that is what i post though (laughs) i i know and it's so wholesome it's like what's Brit reading this week is literally in my mind. I feel like you should start like a book review channel. Oh, you know what? I've got book reviews on my YouTube. Those are the only videos that I've like kept up. Um, But that being said, I just didn't want to keep uploading them because I felt like, uh, I don't know, the format was kind of weird for me. Mm. Like I almost prefer to post like a little 
uh, like a small video on TikTok or like a post on Instagram where I don't have to like have, you know, a lot of editing to do that kind of yeah. thing. Your, your TikTok yeah. is so good. It's so bad. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Look, I was trying to be nice, but... Yeah. I do, like, a lot of weird lip syncs. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I do. Like, I can't remember the last video that I posted, to be honest. Whenever I see one pop up, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, It's such niche content, I'm like... It is so niche. It is, like... I think that makes me realize, though, when we're nerds, we, we certainly, yeah. like, have specific interests that only we will get yeah. and, like, five of our friends yeah. off that. Um, and then, yeah, like, I've I've struggled to get into TikTok. I have one which I upload, like, um, you know, Doctor Who-related stuff, and then, uh, like, I have an actual one mm. where I've uploaded one video of um, me and Emily doing a song, and that's it. Cute! Like, it's just so... <laughs> anticlimactic in terms of like actual content and yeah i think it's like you know that process of just like how do you like how do you kind of like be cool because i i guess like i I don't i partially live on my phone but i try to step far away from it at points to be like okay smart to be honest i feel like uh tiktok specifically you can consume a lot in a very like you think it's a short amount of time, but it just goes and goes and goes yeah. like that. Um, yeah, so it's it can be kind of a trap. So I feel like it's a smart idea to stay <laughs> away from it for as long as possible. Really, I like it's it's funny though. In like in terms of con- consumerism and commercialism, it it really works quite a treat. It's like um, it's like Facebook as well. Like I end up scrolling Facebook. I'm like, I'm not even looking at anything relevant anymore. I'm yeah. just looking. I at, deleted my Facebook. Eh? <laughs> oh, you're so smart. That's 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 a thousand times better. Like, <laughs> I I think the generational divide between millennial and boomer is just growing, and I just know too many of them. Um, love them, love the ones that are in my family, but some of them, man, oh god, I just can't deal with the the shit posting. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'd rather see Gen Z shit post than the boomer shit posts. So that's why I've gravitated towards TikTok. <laughs> I feel like there's shit t- posting on TikTok as well. Like, there's a yeah. lot of people who are just kind of like, "Why are you posting this?" Like, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of a little bit like, um, you know, if you go to the depths of YouTube mm-hmm. as well, and you just type in where like, the, I love looking up YouTube brands where people just like want to express hate, and I'm like, why are you? How many oh, views God. have you gotten? Like, <laughs> let's, let's. And then, like, there'll be like an ad break for some, like, <laughs> I don't know, wellness smoothie, and you're like, this really doesn't fit the tone. No, <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> um, but no, I want to bring, bring us back to Christmas because I, I did, I did have this like, I don't know what your like young impression of Christmas was, but I remember I believed in everything until I was probably about twelve. I believed in Santa. I believed in the elves, the reindeer. And we used to go, like, my mum's mum lived up in Kudamandra, which is like a four and a half hour drive from Sydney. Mm. So we'd go up there and visit her and stay at her house. And, like, I used to think, oh, the reindeer will come down and, you know, you know, and dad would leave a bicky and milk out and, you know, and leave uh, carrots and cabbages for the, the reindeer out on the lawn and years went by when I'd see it, wake up every morning and see it was shredded and stuff and, like, you know, the milk and cookies were eaten and I'd get really excited and be like, Santa came. Mm. And then over the years, like, I found out that mum and dad had been doing this tradition 
where they like mum would have like mum or dad would have the milk and cookies and the other one would just go outside and rip up the lettuce and and move the carrots and I was like baffled that for you know 12 years yeah oh like actually probably longer because they they had my brother as well probably like 15 years they did this to you know like entertain us too and the fact of like yeah you know <laughs> bewilderment of kids <laughs> did did that stop happening in your family did your parents were your parents kind of like you know played along with the the stuff well i lived with my grandparents a lot of my life um with my mum as well um and i yeah, I remember the day, like the specific day and the moment that I stopped believing in Santa. Well, I wouldn't say stop believing, but I was like, this is kind of weird. <laughs> this is, something's not right. Um, but I remember it, it was, uh, I was at my grandmother's house um, and I had my grandma, uh, I live with my sister and my mum there and my grandparents, uh, her parents. And they would often for Christmas, like we would often wake up and we'd have like a stocking on the end of our bed mm. that had been f- filled. Um, and then we would kind of run out uh, into their living room um, and they'd have, you know, like the Christmas tree set up. And then my cousins would kind of come over from next door and we would all just like hang out for the day. Um, but I remember this one day in particular, I think it was either the day before or after Christmas, uh, I went into one of the bedrooms uh, in the house. And I remember this bedroom in particular had a lot of books in it and it had a lot of our toys in a cupboard. And I was kind of searching around for something and I found the instruction manual for something um and it was like how to set up and i specifically remember it was like a harry potter box or or like chest of drawers or something like that and it was like how to set it up and i like remember leafing through this manual being like what does santa need a manual for (laughs) like (laughs) they make all this stuff in the shop ready to go like what are you talking about um and then I was like, hold on a minute. And it was like under the the bed in which my mum had been sleeping, I'm pretty sure. And so I remember that day looking at it and being like, this makes no sense. And then after that, I think I asked somebody and they were like, look, um, yeah, Santa just needed like a manual probably to set it up. And I was like this, I from that day, my disbelief had been like suspended, I think. Like I tried to continue suspending disbelief, but just I think over time from that day onwards, I was kind of like, hold on, two plus two is not what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, but I had a tendency to believe in everything as well. Like uh, fairies, uh, my grandma used to really like uh, sort of sell this idea of um, we had big imagination days. Like we'd have a day where we would make clothes for fairies and make fairy houses and put them out on trees and stuff. Um, and you know, she would tell us that unicorns existed and stuff like that. So I know I love it to this day. And I am not like, I'm so grateful that they did that because I love the looking back on those times where I was, I had the ability to really believe in stuff like that. You know, I think they're super beautiful memories to be honest. But yeah, I think from that day, I sort of was like, this isn't right. (laughs) I I think mine was when the Easter Bunny happened. Oh yeah, which was I. I literally like. I think something had triggered it. The question, and I remember thinking, "God, okay, the Easter." I think I'd found an Easter egg the day before Easter, and I was like, "That's weird." Yeah, um, that's weird. Like, <laughs> this is unusual. Why do they exist before Easter? And mm. uh, I went across like to my mom and I said hey mom and she was like yeah and I was like does like the Easter Bunny actually exist and her face just went 
Oh no, it's this question. Oh no, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's time, Jiffin. Ah uh, no, no, I was like, oh okay. Yeah, just that quiet reflection, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> like the shattered, shattered child's face, like just <laughs> reality was broken. Um, and I, I don't, I think when I found out about Santa, I I was a little bit older, but I I still. Like I kind of had an inkling, mm. but I got, an- I remember distinctly getting annoyed at my parents for not telling me like sooner. Mm. Cause I guess it was just, a, it was like, why did you keep this lie against me for so many years? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But as a parent, like, I, I think, I think it's like, you think it's a nice thing, but as your kids get older, they're like, no, I felt betrayed because you lied to me about this big jolly man coming into our house. And I've been the only yeah. person who's allowed <laughs> to come into the house who's not us. <laughs> Yeah, or like the ability of flying reindeer, you know, like in the magic that exists sort of around that. Yeah. Like this, yeah, and you're like, wait, none of it's real. What is? What does that mean for the rest of the world? Like, <laughs> does it, Are you more of a skeptic now than you were when, you know, like, because you do the you do the podcast which talks about, like, spooky shit all the time. Um, I just, like, you know what? As an actor, I'm, I'm like, so up for a story. Like, I don't. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever a story is going, I will listen to, or I will like try to tell, you know? So it's, so it's more of like, um, I just I, like love the way that s- stories happen and stuff. And you know what? I don't, I don't like, uh, I would never be like, I do or don't believe in stuff. That's one thing with me is I'm super agnostic to everything in life. Like a lot of the time. Yeah. So I'm very much like, uh, I don't know. I don't, like, pretend to think that I have the ability to understand fucking anything, like, outside of my day-to-day abilities, you know? So I so I would never be like, oh, this exists, this doesn't. There's some stuff that we read that I'm like, yeah, I don't know, this sounds like a bit of a tall tale. Um, <laughs> but then I guess when it comes to, like, ghost stories and stuff, it's always hard because it's like, is that a representation of this person is telling what they know to be true? Yeah. So who am I to say that it's not real? You know what I yeah. mean? Um, but I'm I'm not one of those people that's like, um, no, I don't believe in anything at all. That's not scientifically proven. Do you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I do. I do. Like aside from our vaccines, I believe in vaccines. Yeah, <laughs> putting that out there because because fuck people are dying. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So if if anyone can't underline, read what Britt and I are trying to say. If you're an anti-vaxxer, you're you're out of the group. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, I, I definitely, uh, you know, I am ag- like atheist agnostic. Yeah. I definitely believe in something, but I don't know what it is. And I, and I can't, I've had enough life experiences to not, not, you know, yeah. to be like, oh, that's weird. That is unusual. Yeah. And that is a surreal event. Like, mm. like I believe in ghosts. I believe in that stuff. So it's like, mm. I think as, as like any form of spirituality or anything like that, it, it, it's good but I, I definitely don't, you know, think there. It's funny because I don't believe in a heaven or a hell. I just believe in like mm. this weird universe, yeah, um, and and matter, and you know, like, and the idea that you know, energy, and um, we give matter to form more energy, and so on mm. and so forth. And I just think that, um, yeah, it's it's very interesting if you go into the like weird scientific elements of it as well, that you suddenly just go, oh, actually, like. Mm. It is very in depth, and mm. then there is a lot to that we don't comprehend about the universe that you know 
can't be scientifically fathomed even yeah um even if we did and we were like i've got like i i believe this it's like maybe this is just my total lack of knowledge but i'm like i even if we did we were like this is confirmed yeah it's like if how do we have how do we know that we have all of the knowledge that we need how do we know that our understanding of stuff is as complete as it needs to be if we don't yeah like there's no way to know everything no ever like it's just not possible no to know everything about something you know i think i think that's what's the joy though about festive seasons like mm. you know like you've got christmas you've got halloween you've got Easter and stuff like that, and you've got these traditions that we do, mm. and whether or not you believe the the elements of them, yeah, um, you know, it, it, it's just very interesting because as people, you just you know like can't comprehend everything, and you can't comprehend a feeling sometimes. Yeah, um, I think that's so true. Yeah, it's definitely like the holidays have changed and they've been a sort of appropriated and adapted over time. Um, to be what we like understand them to be now, but there is that sense of people coming together. Like that's yeah. what people have been wanting to do. Whatever sort of name you give a holiday, it's always a generally, I guess, about people connecting. Yeah. in some way or another, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like it's more important in our world now, and you know, like I think to connect with you know because. Mm. Like, you know, we're all, you know, because of the pandemic and everything, we're all in this together mm. in a lot of ways. And I feel like I, I feel like there's a huge divide in terms of like that. And I lo- I think that's why I look forward to Christmas and I ignore the com- consumerism side of it mm. um, because I get to spend it with family and friends and I get to meet new people. And I think, you know, like mm. if, if one thing that I do say, like, if you had one reflection on the lo- last year, what would what would you have, like, felt was really good that came out of it? I don't know if I can boil it down to one thing, but I definitely think that uh, I know that I um, am not as engaged in, I guess, the the commercial side of anything anymore, you know? Because, like, when that stuff is taken away from you and you're stuck inside – um, at least this might be like from a point of like privilege or I, and I'm not sure I don't want to, um, make anybody feel like this is what needs to be felt. But like when I was stuck in like inside and stuff, the only thing that I really felt like I, uh, I needed and wanted was one to be safe. Um, and two, to, to, to see people that I cared about and make sure that they were safe too. And those were the only things that really mattered and safe can mean a lot of stuff, you know, like making sure that, you know, I wanted, I was aware that I didn't want to buy stuff. I wanted to make sure that, you know, a family that didn't have work uh, could afford to live. Yeah. I, that's that's what I was focusing on. And so I feel like before I was very like, I, I don't know if I was caught up in wanting lots of stuff, but I, but I didn't, um, I didn't feel like I, re- I recognized as much that, uh, you know, wanting stuff and buying things and having the best of everything. Yeah. Um, is 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 important? Do you know what I'm trying to say? It kind of got a little convoluted in there somewhere, but <laughs> no, basically, I I 100% agree, and I feel like it, it it's the same for me. Like, um, mm. you know, that sense of just I want to say I I suddenly just didn't feel the urge to go out and buy things. I was more checking in on my friends. I was very mm. uh, like the one thing that I also take out of the last two years is uh, being much more on top of my mental health of my own part yeah. um, and just like moderating 
how I perceive things and how I deal with things. Yeah. But also just I, I guess who's who's in my life. It's been a real reflection of who do I want to keep in my life? Who uh, who do I like? I I think also like I, I you know I've made friends doing this podcast. I've made mm. new connections that I never thought in a million years I'd do. But I also got to a like you know pre pandemic. I used to think, God, will I ever sort of make something of myself? And then hmm. nowadays, like I think now on reflection, I feel like I've just, you know, I'm very content with with where yeah. I'm at. And I think there's- That's really good. Yeah. I feel like that's a step away from the consumerism and commercialized, hmm. even just in terms of holiday seasons and stuff. It's not comparing myself to others. Yeah. And I think, you know, that before, because we were so hustle and bustle, yeah, you had that- you didn't have time to you know you all you did was compare yourself to others and we, and you were just trying to rush to get there and now it's sort of like a, a, a time where we can reflect and go oh yeah i don't have to you know you know run to this spot and and be at this point in my life when it's like i can just be perfectly happy with what i've got as also yeah and entirely and continue to strive to do the best I can. That's such a re- like a revelation. I feel like a lot of people don't realize that until they're very much later on in their lives, right? Because <laughs> yeah. they get so distracted by. They're like, oh, they're always being everything is like an advertisement, and you're always being told that you should want this or need this or you know. Yeah. And it's like there from the day that you're born, really, you're being sold stuff. Like even as a kid, you're being marketed towards. So it's like realizing that kind of stuff. I, I think is a pretty impressive feat, like in something that people should be proud of once they've realized that, you know. Thank you. I mean, like, I don't also think it's it's just, yeah, uh, like, I want to say the last three years have been kind of a bullshit, like, years of my life. So it's it's given me a lot of to reflect upon and a lot to grow. And yeah. I think, um, you know, that that's the thing that's like meeting, you know, meeting people like you. Um, and a bunch of other people I've met over the, over the course of the year has just been really awesome because it's it's giving everyone a new insight and a new perspective. And I think it's also like, you know, connecting with, I think also one thing is I didn't, before the pandemic, I didn't have that many neurodiverse friends. Yeah. So knowing more neurodiverse friends has really helped a way of just understanding how we process thoughts. Yeah. And how, and how we are different, but we're also like, you know, in a good way, more genuine as people. Yeah. You know, because we 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 kind of just think straightforward. Everything's not cryptic. It's just out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's the yeah cryptic. Hey, like you're like I feel like you're asking. Yeah. I felt the same way. Like learning to communicate um, o- over the years when you when you didn't when you haven't been so self aware or aware of being neurodiverse. You sort of learn a sort of style of communication and then meeting people later on who are like, fuck, this sucks. And I've been feeling pretty shitty about it for the last however long. Um, And this is how I think. And you're like, oh, okay. So there are like other people that think like this and it's not just me struggling to get sort of context clues and stuff from other people. Yeah. Um, And also that being said, I think neurodiverse people can be very good at picking up on people's bullshit. Like a lot of people expect us to be unable to get social cues and stuff like that all the all of the time 
But I think generally that we can be pretty sen- at least my experience can be pretty sensitive to social cues and it's just the inability to understand why they matter. Yeah. The thing is whenever I read your Instagram post I'm like, "Oh my god, it's like reading my own brain sometimes." I'm just going, "Oh yeah, that's I would write something like this." And I I I love my partner to bits. Emily is amazing and but she has to sometimes make sure I don't just write what I think because it's yeah. sort of like <laughs> I need someone to filter me occasionally because I, I like people have described me as blunt mm. but I just don't I don't beat around the bush it's like if something irritates me something irritates me and I'm gonna tell you oh that annoys me yeah but it's it's not an offense because it's like people go oh no don't worry about it and it's like hang on just be frank like yeah. you're annoyed that's fine to be annoyed yeah. it's fine to have emotions literally but people are so afraid and i think the prime example yeah yeah, like the prime example was when i was little and i remember you know mom had been given a present that she didn't like that much and i remember going oh but you don't like it Mm. and i said it quite loudly without realizing it yeah and she was like shh and i was like no but what's the problem yeah like and i i just didn't get that you know she was trying to be super polite about it i was like but I just didn't get that. I was like, yeah, and and that's not uh, just because I don't think that's necessary to be always polite. It's like, mm. you know, obviously sometimes people just give you gifts that that's that's why I tell people what I want. Yeah, <laughs> same. I'm like, hey, here's a list of stuff if you ever feel like buying me things. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get me these like twenty things yeah. and we're good. Like, yeah. Uh, um. But yeah, I feel like I feel like we are unique, but um. I don't know how much you've you've talked about on uh, on like um, publicly about it, but yeah, you're um, you're recently starting to think about getting med- medication. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, yeah. That that's something that I've uh, like wanted to do for a while, to be honest. But that being said, um, I was kind of like. Uh, I, I didn't feel at the time like I acknowledged. This is the thing I felt like I've discovered a lot about. ADHD in the last year and a half. And I didn't recognize that a lot of things that were happening in my life were because of ADHD. I just kind of put them down to personality faults or flaws or, or stuff like that, which is totally fine. <laughs> um, and then I would, I think what it was is seeing other people's experience with, um, you know, medication and stuff like that. And it's not for everybody. Some people do, some people don't, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I want to see what it would be like for my brain. And then if it's not, the vibe if I don't gel with it and it's not something that I feel like will work for me then I won't you know press myself to do it um yeah but I think that being you know in your late 20s mid 20s and feeling like you have this unexplored part of your life um can kind of be sort of intimidating so yeah I've been like why not try medication out because I was supposed to when I was younger and I never did um I was you know given some Ritalin and stuff, but never really, because I was in high school, I was very anxious about it. I never really kind of went down that pathway. Yeah. Um. So now I just want to see what it's all about, you know? Yeah. I'm just waiting for that day that I, pop, I, I take one and I'm a different person <laughs> and I'm hoping that that doesn't happen because that will be very overwhelming. No, it, it, like I've taken Ritalin mm. um, and it doesn't make you a different person. I felt like it did for a while. Right. Um. But I think the only thing my mom ever said was it was just, it was clearer. Like things just seemed a bit clearer with, with how I was, you know, like Mm. she knew where I was rather than trying to keep up with me. Yeah. Um, And that's the only thing you just kind of slow down. You slow, your brain isn't thinking a hundred times fast. Mm. Um, But that's the only thing it doesn't, it doesn't not change our personality. 
um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't flip us to be like I was the same when I started taking anti um, antidepressants. I thought, God, this is going to change me. This is going to like, you know, make me completely a different person. No, it doesn't. Yeah. It just kind of just mellows everything out. And I feel, um, yeah, I feel like you're, you know, whether it suits you or not, I think I feel like you know that's a journey that you're going to find really reflective. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what I'm looking for is that sense of like, okay, well, I uh, advocated for what I needed um, in terms of this, which I haven't always done. Mm. Um, I put boundaries up around what I'm okay with and what I'm not, which is something I'm doing more in terms of relationships and people and being like, hey, it's not all good for you to like, it's not all good for me to be a, a dick to you because of stuff that I struggle with with ADHD, but it's not all good for people to recognize that someone struggles with this stuff um, and not. Uh, reflect on you know where they where their actions sit yeah in the scheme of things you know yeah because i feel like with with um at least with neurodivergence a lot of people just sort of they don't recognize it they don't recognize and they, they're sort of willingly ignorant when it comes to how lots of people on the planet operate like because neuro neurotypical brains aren't the norm no like they, you know like they're not. They're not the norm. Like there are lots of different people on the planet, and I feel like it's so, it's such a privilege to to like be neurotypical and just not even think about how other people operate in terms yeah. of their brain. Um, and there's such a what, massive spectrum of people out there, you know. Yeah, and we're and we're kind of like when we're neurodiverse, it's like we're the first people they they call weird. Oh yeah. And it's <laughs> like it's just like yeah. get fucked. Um, I, I yeah, I I just sort of like you know i think it happens less now that we're adults but it you know definitely during the teenage years it's like mm. absolutely weird was thrown around yeah um i my favorite one was you're annoying for no apparent reason you're just annoying yeah. like <laughs> yeah um kids are kids are very like <laughs> for cutthroating oh fuck they are <laughs> um but i mean also like one thing i didn't realize until you know probably like last year was adhd brains we're very bad at relationships apparently oh yeah um <laughs> learn something new every day yeah <laughs> which apparently like i think it's just because our endorphins are very like hyper um stimulated so we look for you know constant you know that endorphin mm. hit and rush and um yeah it was like some sort of thing it was like you can be in long-term relationships but your brain is also thinking what will be the next endorphin rush like right what will what will hit that rush and yeah your brain just kind of like does that so it might be through books or stuff but yeah some people really with it um you know who have adhd apparently struggle with relationships and apparently struggle with cleaning oh cleaning is a given yeah yeah <laughs> which um I, i'm looking at my like converse collections one side of my table is completely messy the other yeah like you know just I, I said to Emily, like, this, you know, because we move in together next year, like, I've said to her, like, this is going to be the life. I'm sorry, it's not going to be 100%. <laughs> Just- we, Zane and I have a great system where we half task things. So, like, like splitting tasks, like one task, say doing the dishes, we half task it. So, someone does one part yeah. and the other person does the other. So that way it's less intimidating if I run around doing half of the work, like of everything. Yeah. So it's really useful. I like it. <laughs> I think like Emily and I said, oh, she's like, I'm doing the bathroom. Mm. And I'm like, cool. Okay. Bathroom's your task. I'm doing the kitchen. That is my task. I love cleaning a kitchen. She's like, okay, cool. I'd stick to the living room. Like, cool. I'll stick to the bedroom. Mm. So 
it's like we've got our areas yeah. and that we that we want to keep playing. And I think that, yeah, because we're both, like, she works at home at the moment. She's about to go back into the office next year. And it's just, like, compartmentalizing where it's like, okay, well, how do we keep everything, like, sane and clean? Yeah. And obviously we want to have guests over. But I've lived on my own for two years and because of the pandemic. I've hardly had that many yeah. people here. <laughs> You're often. like, how do I do this? <laughs> There's always a stare when people come in. And I remember when I moved in, everyone was like, God, you have a lot of boxes and things are on the floor. And I'm like, don't judge. Yeah. You should have seen this like a week ago. This is this is tidy in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I just I love the chaotic brains that we have. Yeah. Um but before we wrap up, mm. um I did want to ask what what would be something you're looking forward to in the new year? What is something that you look forward to coming into the next year? Well, you know what? I'm just looking forward to um, finally getting to spend some time in this beautiful country um, and without border restriction. Well, you know, who knows what this bloody new Omni, whatever it's called. Omnicron. Yeah, yeah. God, it sounds like a Transformer or something. It does. Um, I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, so whatever Omni Omnicron decides to do, hopefully we have because we're such a vaccinated country now, we have the ability to, you know, travel kind of freely. Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. To, well, you know, freely, I mean, I put that lightly because I, I, you still have to quarantine and stuff, but um, at home. So hopefully we'll be able to go out and experience some stuff, be out in nature. Um, mm. And yeah, I just think getting more settled and um, starting to be more creative again, because I think, I mean, everybody that's listening that is creative will be able to nod along when they when they say like this it takes your creativity in your stores and stuff take a hit when you're limited in a way like this there's yeah. just no way to live up to any expectation when it comes to creativity and stuff in times like these like you've just got to be so gentle with yourself um, and not judge your creative your creativity when you're um boarded in like this so i think um just starting to get out and be a little bit more active in terms of like my creativity will be great that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I mean, like, also, the, I know you're such a workaholic and a creative person. and So Capricorn do, rising, that's why. <laughs> yeah. it's I love it. And I, I, I see you soaring to do many different things, um, you know, just whether it's with Viva or um, mm. other related things, you know, I know that you'll just keep working hard because, like, mm. I, I don't you. think you're going to stop. I don't. Oh, I don't, I don't think I ADHD. <laughs> you don't no, have the capacity to stop. Like, there's no way. No, 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 absolute way. Um, but no, thank you for coming back. It was really lovely to hear from you again. Thank you for having me. Sorry, I couldn't make the um group chat. No, 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 no. That's okay. I we they 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 sent um their love and they missed having you there. So it was all. <sighs> it would have been so fun. Yeah, <laughs> I'm it was, sorry. It was very inappropriate <laughs> like, conversations. It. So um. You know, like next time, next time you can come yeah, and yeah. join in a group chat. Sure. Um, but no, you can check out more episodes of the things we do. You can check out um, Brit's uh, Spotify account as well. Well, not Spotify, but her podcast on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And it's on Apple Podcast as well, isn't it? Yeah, and Google Play, I think. I don't really know all of these different f- things. But Spotify is on everything. <laughs> it's all on the things. But yeah, you can check out um, the, shits, um, the shit that scares us. On all of your available podcast devices, you can check out the things we do all on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking to you next week. All right. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.